0: Hey, hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars. Yeah, I'm very revved up, and I'm very excited today to bring a special guest to you, Michael Bodell. He's calling in from the Peterson Museum in beautiful Los Angeles, California. Of course, you remember yesterday I had Terry Cargis, the executive director of the Peterson, on the show. So if you missed that show, go back and listen to it. It's great. Michael Bodell is the deputy director of the Peterson Automotive Museum, Amateur car collector, motorcycle racer, and product developer. He joined the Peterson in 2014, just before their massive $90 million renovation and oversees all of its operations and marketing. In addition to growing the Peterson brand, Michael is a Lotus enthusiast and a collector. Having previously worked for startups, museums, and retail organizations Michael holds experience across a spectrum of disciplines. He has designed and created two proprietary softwares and executed numerous strategic plans at the Peterson and other companies. And by the way, I got to spend a whole day with Michael at the Peterson last summer. He took me for a ride in an old uh, Pierce. We'll talk a little bit about that. It was absolutely delightful. We'll walk through the vault. So you're in good hands today. We'll be back in a minute to talk to Michael. But first, a word from our valued sponsors that make Cars yeah, possible. Do you know the best way to protect your special vehicle, both the inside and the outside, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, back when I was in high school. I've been around a long time. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking brand new. And they have manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design for a very long time. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers, and they're crafted to fit tens of thousands of patterns, and that's growing. You can choose from a dozen fabric options and accessories all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. i protected my rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you know what? You should too, and I've got a deal for you. Right now, you can get 10% off your order using a special Cars yeah code. The code is YEAH120, Use that code when you check out and you get 10% off your order. What a deal. That's at Covercraft.com. Be sure to use the code YEAH120 at checkout for your 10% off. That's Covercraft.com. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car or or if you have 200 in your garage. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get an exclusive SCM guide to restoration shops included for free. And I've got a couple very cool offers. One is if you go and subscribe to their digital subscription, you're going to get 50% off using the code yeah, That's right, 50% off their digital subscription. But wait, that's not all. If you go and subscribe and get their print magazine and use the code BSH, you get $10 off. That's right, $10 off. Why BSH? Well, that's the Buy, Sell, Whole podcast that I do every Tuesday with Keith Martin. You'll find it here on the Cars Yeah website or using your mobile device with any mobile device podcast app Or you can find it at sportscarmarket.com. That's buy, sell, hold, the essence of collecting. Hey, Michael. Welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: I certainly am, Mark.
0: Well, it's great to have you here. And I mentioned in the intro, you and I got to take a ride through Los Angeles in a very special old car last summer together, which... I just found delightful. We had a little trouble getting that thing started, but we got it going. Uh, tell our listeners what that was.
1: That was a um, a 31 Paris Aero Model 43, and that was a really special car because uh, in the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?, the actual person that that Uh, film depicts owned that very car yeah and a piercero was you know a luxury car at the time so it was was a beautiful ride we had some fun took it out on a really pretty day out here in california so uh, i really enjoyed that and i hope you come back and we can get another car
0: well absolutely I, i just found it fascinating and to take a car like that into los angeles traffic uh was a hoot I mean, it was just so much fun and you felt like a king or a queen or whatever riding in that car. (laughs) Uh, You know, it was just so delightful and I I really appreciate the day you spent with me. We had so much fun. Uh, I keep telling friends, if you're ever in Los Angeles, you got to go to the Peterson because it's just a delight. And of course, we'll talk a little bit about all the aspects, but before we jump into the questions, I want you to share one little thing that most people don't know about you, Michael.
1: Oh, man. Um... Probably that I am an artist uh, when i before I got into business, uh, I was actually majoring in fine arts, so I think that kind of helped me align really nicely with the mu- museum world. But uh, my early career, I thought I was going to be an artist, and uh, I realized that that was not going to pay the bill, so i I moved over to the the business and marketing side, mm-hmm. but it's something I definitely want to do when i when I retire, I get some more time.
0: Do you have a chance to do much art these days, and what kind of art? Is what the the style or medium you tend to lean to towards?
1: Uh, I did I did mostly painting uh, and mixed media. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I worked a lot with stone and metal. But now the only art I get to do is with my uh, my two year old daughter. <laughs> <laughs> So I get to make coloring books for her. <laughs> oh, well, that's
0: that's fascinating. I think that's really yeah. cool. Well, you know, it's very interesting because my father was an architect and an artist. And, and what artists, I believe, have the propensity for is to see things in different ways. And for what you've helped build there and the fact that you got to be involved in that huge renovation that happened at the Peterson. I mean, you got in there at the right time because you got to put your hands and eyes and thoughts and your creativity into that entire process and the end result is absolutely spectacular and i want to talk more about the peterson in a minute and also how you guys are dealing with this pandemic we're dealing with when you have a museum and you can't open the doors to let people in how do you deal with that but first i would love for you to share a great success quote or a mantra some kind of saying that may have been instrumental in forming your life and your success it's a nice way to get the tires turning here on cars yeah so michael grab the wheel
1: well i mean our our uh... Founding Chairman Bruce Meyer is something that is—he's uh, inspired me with the quote "never lift," which is obviously a uh, <laughs> yeah. automotive reference to just keep going. Uh, and I, I can say that's probably a good one to go by. And I think uh, just keeping a clear mind in—you in, uh, know—rough times, especially right now, is uh, will help you out uh, in the long run. And, and always kind of focusing on that balance and, and seeing that uh, you know things do improve over time, and just keep at it. So Never Lift would be my Bruce Meyer quote.
0: Yeah, Bruce was a guest here on the show, and I've known him for decades, and he's an incredible person, and really the quintessential car collector, I think, in the world when you think about what he not only has done as far as the cars that he's accumulated and collected, but how he incorporates them into his life, how he shares them. Uh, when mm-hmm. I was there visiting you, there was a beautiful display of his cars uh, there that just, that room was just amazing to me. When I walked in there, was like, Oh, my gosh, this is so cool. But I love that quote, never lift. And let's migrate and segue into what's happening today, because with this pandemic and the effects it's had on so many businesses, when you think about museums, which are really an experience that people have when they go somewhere. Well, nobody can go there right now. We're all stuck at home, basically. So I want you to talk a bit about the Peterson as you see it today and then also talk about some of the interesting things that you guys are working on there to help overcome what's happening now. But I think it will help in the future for those people who can't physically get to the Peterson Museum.
1: Absolutely. Uh, thank you for uh, for warming up like that. Um, you know, I think that for us, museums... Are kind of the bottom of the funnel when you think about uh you know today's businesses in general, mm-hmm. they're extremely high touch point businesses. They require people to come through them most of the time it you know it's passive education, and you know this situation has really uh uprooted that and uh, required a lot of museums, including ourselves, to you know basically put everything out online. Uh, and find ways to continue the experience. You really said it perfectly. Museums are experiences, and they're typically shared experiences as well. So that's what we tried to embody uh, when we brought all of our collection, and uh, we actually have a, an event coming up, uh, Virtual Cars and Coffee Online, Uh, Was how do we continue to share our collection and the stories of our collection with the public in an interactive way? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the day that we had to close our doors, we had been building up to that with a lot of content, luckily, of tours and videos. And so we were able to publish them uh, as live tours and interact with people in in the comments. So, you know, the platform we're really focusing on right now, beyond our social channels, is YouTube. Mm -hmm. And uh, all the content that we're producing is premiered on YouTube live. And so people sign up for a time, you know, just like you've got your favorite show on HBO on Sunday, and uh, they can tune in and watch the videos. And a lot of the videos are, you know, premiered once. So it really does create a sense of I want to be there with everyone else at the same time watching it. And as you comment, you know, we our, our team is in the comments talking to you uh, during the video. And so if you say, hey, you know, what's that red car in the back? We can say, you know, that's a 1953 uh, Cadillac Gia that belonged to Rita Hayworth. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So it makes the video a lot more interactive rather than passive. Mm-hmm. And we're doing the same with our education programs. Uh, we're publishing new activities, Book readings, coloring books uh, of cars, all on our our website, and we've seen tremendous success. I mean, we're, we've tripled the amount of traffic coming into our site, which was already pretty good. And uh, our YouTube, you know, channel has been, uh, you know, blowing up lately. I think uh, in the last two weeks, we've had about two hundred thousand views on the videos wow. that we've posted. Oh
0: my gosh, that's awesome! This yeah. is is so cool because. You try to look at the silver lining in every storm, and this is a storm that is unprecedented for sure on the global scale. And I've been trying to look at things that will be positive at the end of this, and that is how people will adapt and change. And if there's one thing I know about the human race, we are excellent at adapting. And moving on, you know, as people, as human beings on this planet. Otherwise, we wouldn't still be here after all of these years. So I I find it fascinating that you guys are doing this. But I'm not surprised because having met you and gotten to know you last summer, and Terry speaks very highly of you, of course, in the show yesterday of what you're doing there. I really believe you guys in many ways are going to be a cutting edge for other museums to look at. And I mentioned this to Terry because he came from the entertainment industry, i.e. working for... SeaWorld and Disneyland and some of these that have figured out how to be a destination facility and still be able to make a money. And the thing about the Peterson that I found fascinating was that you guys operate on a profit basic system and you turn a profit. And that's very hard to do in a museum, especially a car museum.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're extremely fortunate to have an amazing staff and and good leadership from the board that really drives us to be sustainable. You know, that's one of our strategic initiatives is that, you know, no matter what we do, we have to be sustainable. And it really puts everybody uh, into kind of that entrepreneur mindset of, uh, you know, does this make sense for us. And it's put us in a position where, you know, we've had a surplus this year, and that that has allowed us to, you know, keep all the staff on board during this this tough time.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. It's a real paradigm shift in the concepts of museums, wouldn't you say?
1: I think so, yeah. I mean, museums are are really rooted in tradition, and I think that's another, you know, interesting thing that that has come out of this, is that you have to really break tradition when things don't happen that are expected, like, a pandemic. I mean, nobody yeah. saw this really coming. Right, and to be able to you know quickly you know change your business model is, is not an easy thing. And you're seeing a lot of businesses you know do that well. I mean, a lot of companies have switched their manufacturing lines to produce you know, ventilators. Yes, uh, and that's a very quick pivot. And museums are you know have a formula typically that that's used, and you know some are are better than others, and you know some you know don't need to change. But you know, in, in general, it really does show that you can continue to fulfill your mission and educate the public and entertain the public even if they're not coming into your institution so uh, this is an interesting time I think it's gonna bring a lot of innovation to both the museum world and the business world and you're right it is it is a silver lining that I think you know a lot of museums will be able to educate people outside of the kind of typical realm that comes in right uh, for us, right you know we we've seen that the majority of the people interacting with our our tours are outside of the United States which is a phenomenal stat for us to really kind of anchor our strategy on absolutely and we want to build on that
0: I think it's it's brilliant. And you mentioned companies that have been able to very quickly pivot. And I, I'd be remiss to mention one that's been a supporter of mine since the beginning, Covercraft, a marvelous company that has grown so much in the last five years. And they've pivoted very quickly. And instead of producing car covers right now and protective items for cars and trucks and even patio furniture, they're making protective clothing for physicians that are in hospitals around the world so that they can be protected. When, yeah. And they did it very fast. And I I, I hold companies like that, and there are many others around the world that have pivoted this way to help with this cause, to bring it to an end. And in a way, that's what you guys have done, is you've allowed people to still come and enjoy the museum without having to risk their lives and be there physically. Of course, they can't get in anyway, but I think it's brilliant what you've done, and I really hold you guys in high esteem. Yeah, you're going to— Thank you setting a bar for other museums, I am confident around the world to look at this model and change the way they do things. So uh, awesome, awesome job. Let's talk a little bit about a challenge in your world, your life, whether it's at the museum or somewhere else in your life that you faced, a big challenge, even a big failure. And the more important part of this is what was the lesson learned so that you could move forward. So walk us through one of those experiences in your life and and help us understand how you gained even more momentum on a positive way on the other end.
1: Well, I think my my biggest challenge has always been I I don't hold anything back. You know, when I have an idea or something along those lines, I've always kind of said, you know, this is what our capability is. Let's go do it. And, you know, that has, I would say, gotten me into trouble in the past because basically you, you know, exhaust yourself getting to a goal and a bar that you've set high Uh, and that's become the expectation of others. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Terry has, you know, from his experience wisely said, you know, it's, it's always good to, you know, pace yourself in business because it is, it is a race, but at the same time you have to finish it. And I think that's, that's been my, my biggest learning lesson is basically pacing myself so that, uh. You know, we can continue to be successful. And this is, I think that extends beyond, you know, just the museum. That extends in my own personal life. Sure. But, uh, you know, basically pacing yourself for the long run so that you are successful, you know, in 20, 30, 40 years uh, and you don't burn yourself out too quickly.
0: Would you say a part of that is a little bit of a bull in a China shop mentality where you get an idea in your head and you just put your head down and start going forward without looking up once in a
1: while? I think it's, it's, it's more, um, capabilities. You know, I, I'm an optimist when it comes to um, ideas that can really help things or help people. You know, if I put it like a plan together, and I know the, the highest capability of that plan. Typically, I'll accept nothing other than that. Mm-hmm. But I'll kill myself getting there. Uh, I see. That's the, the lesson of how do you do it without killing yourself?
0: Uh, yes, for sure.
1: With a business model like ours, you know, we go from one thing to the next very quickly. I mean, we go from... Uh, event to event, you know, uh, you know, pretty much every week Mm -hmm. at the museum. And we go from campaign to campaign every month. And so we have to make sure that there is, you know, breathing room in between. Yes. And that the again, I would say it's just more expectation management is, you know, if you tell, you know, a team or, you know, uh, another company, you know, this is the, you know, the mark that we're going to hit. Mm-hmm. Then you better hit it, yeah. and you know it's always better to you know uh, under promise and over deliver than to promise and deliver exactly what you promised. <laughs> uh, and yeah. and so that, that that was the lesson is pace, pace.
0: Oh, definitely, it's important in all spec aspects of life. Absolutely, even when ordering dessert. That's right. Yourself, whereas <laughs> <laughs> my mom used to say, "Your eyes are bigger than your stomach." Uh, That's right. So don't don't order so much. Let's take a short break. Thank our sponsors here, and we'll be right back. has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know. Everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. All right, we're back, and I'd love for you to share a personal story about how your passion for cars was instigated. Is there a moment in your life when you knew that you were pretty much a car guy?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I I grew up around cars. You know, my fam my my family always had British cars. My dad is uh, is British, and so we always had Jags or, um, in his case, you know, he had uh, older Lotuses. And so from a very early age, I was under the back of a Lotus or under the hood of a Jaguar, mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of ignited that passion for just kind of tinkering with things. Yeah. You know, I've always liked to take things apart and put them back together, and, and cars are kind of that ultimate challenge. I, I find it you know, extremely therapeutic because there's only a certain way you can do it, you know, to do it and put something back together. Right. And uh, that that has really been the inception of my car passion. And it, it just built over years. You know, I was always on wheels. I was always on a skateboard or, uh, you know, when I was really young, I had the little, you know, electric, uh, you know, 12 volt cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Go karts big wheels, all that kind of stuff. And it led up to, you know, the day I turned 15 and a half here in California, I got my, my learner's permit and I had been working on a car, you know, for that very day. Right. So I was ready to drive uh, very early and I had great parents who put me behind the wheel in parking lots, you know, when I was 12 years old, just to get the hang of it.
0: Sure. You were ready to go.
1: <laughs> I was totally ready to go. Yeah. I've always had that car bug and, uh, my mom actually used uh, car magazines like Road and & Track and, and Car and & Driver and Motor Trend to, to get me to learn how to read and really be passionate about reading.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, what a great idea.
1: So uh, find what your kids like and then, you know, leverage that. Leverage <laughs> that, yeah.
0: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> if they like boats, buy uh, boating magazines where they have to read about them and so forth. So Exactly. Or take them to a great car museum like the Peterson and uh, walk That's them through and yeah. instill that passion in them. Well, let's talk about these cars early in your life what was the first i I know you're a lotus guy you you collect some cars and you love working on cars what was the first really special car for you that you owned
1: i had saved up when i was 14 years old 900 dollars to buy a wrecked 300zx it was a 1990 300zx Mm -hmm. pretty much needed everything so that was my first car and that car is still really special to me uh I, i will probably get one of those, you know, later in my life, It just kind of reminisce on, you know, how that was my first car, but it was a, a five speed T top. It was black on black. And uh, I really loved that car. So that was that was my first car. Um, and that kind of, you know, is a car guy who doesn't have a lot of money. That's the car that you use to kind of, you know, leapfrog into the next one and trade up. Sure. And so I sold that car. Uh, and I bought a 73 Charger, that was a 318, but the previous owner had put a 440 uh, from a 68 in it. So it had the, the better speed, you know, it was a, a higher compression car, yeah, a higher compression motor. And then, and that was a really fun car, but, you know, going from the 300dx to that it was it was like driving a boat
0: <laughs> well yeah that's quite a quite a different kind of car going back to the 70s and and a big car like that
1: and so that that was uh my next trading up point i traded to a uh, an 85 esprit turbo okay and that was my daily driver for a few years and then I started to commute more, and so I actually uh, sold that, and I got a Lexus SC 400.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, and I bought an another 300 ZX, but I bought the twin turbo, so oh, I had two nice. cars. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and then I've I, I moved to Colorado. I got a, a Saab 9000 Aero, which I absolutely loved. Uh, you know, I always wanted a, a Saab turbo they always kind of fascinated me and sure. you know it, it, that was the perfect uh winter car for us uh-huh. and uh, i've just kind of kept going i mean right now i've got a 68 a datsun roadster and a, a jensen healy oh okay cool uh so those are the two cars that are uh you know the jensen is is, is running the the datsun is, is kind of in its restoration phase. And I got it, you know, just before having a, a child. So it was a project that got put on the back burner and it's finally coming back uh, to the front burner. <laughs>
0: well, good. Yeah. Children could do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. But nice. uh, yeah, I've always, I've always, uh you know, kind of traded up and I'm I'm thinking about what I'll do next uh, after I sell the, the Jensen, because I'm going to be selling the Jensen pretty soon.
0: Well, we're always, as car people, thinking about what's next, you know? Exactly. Well, let's, uh, let's ask you a question I'll bet nobody's ever asked you, Michael. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle parked in the museum or the garage, and this isn't what you want to be, it's how you perceive yourself and your characteristics
1: in a vehicle, what
0: would Michael Bodell be and why?
1: I think I might have said this on the last one but I would say I'd probably be that Saab. That Saab? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It you know the, the sobs are, are are you know pretty unique uh and they have their quirks. Yeah. But they uh they, the Swedish built that car to be safe uh, and reliable mm-hmm. and I would say that, that that's a good good representation <laughs> of my myself uh very reliable and uh logical.
0: Okay, I like it. Well, we're up to the last lap here. I'm going to fire off some questions, ask you to blip that sob a throttle really quick for me. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits that you believe has helped you be successful over the years?
1: I'm a workaholic. I think it's just, you know, putting the hours into the, the project is actually done. I think that's that's the thing that has really helped me grow in my career is, is not accepting okay and, and really putting what it takes to make it something special.
0: There you go. How about if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry living or deceased? Who would it be?
1: Ooh. You know, we've had, you know, a lot of the legends pass through the museum. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to meet Dan Gurney, mm. uh, but one of the the people that I never really had a chance to have a conversation with was Dan you know i had I had met him and I had worked with him in coordinating events, but I never got to sit down and you know have a conversation with him. so I would say Dan would be the one that I'd want to um you know pick his mind on,
0: yeah, I had him scheduled multiple times here, and he was had some illness issues he was dealing with, and we kept having to cancel and Unfortunately, I never got him back to be on the show, and we lost him and that's one of those I've always regretted because I wanted so much to, to be able to talk with him. I got to spend a little bit of time with him a couple of times at racing venues and sit down and just chat for five, 10 minutes and just say some nice things. And I bought the book, one of the last books that he did from him. I think it was at the Quail he was there. And I got to sit next to him and talk for a little bit about the book. He kind of walked through some pages. And uh, that guy is, I you know, so many people know how great he is, but I think his... As far as the general public, they don't really realize how special he was
1: true he, he was an innovator yeah
0: yeah i mean you think about the car industry and racers you know mario andretti's the first has been a household name that has been around forever and dan was never really about promoting himself it was all about constant innovation constant moving forward he never stopped just yeah. a fascinating gentleman so yeah really really great guy
1: and the company you know that uh, justin his son you know is uh, in charge of right now mm-hmm. i mean they're and even when dan was around you know they were making and continue to make the the landing gear for the spacex rockets I, I know i mean it's just and, and
0: people don't know that i, I yeah. yeah i want to get his son on the show here because i would really love to help promote them more and help people realize that that the uh, the innovations and ideas and things that he put forward and now the family and the tradition continues to move forward is really yeah. fascinating how yeah. about the best automotive advice someone's ever given you that you might share with us
1: uh, always drive. Always drive your cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that that has been advice that I've I've heard every real mechanic say is you know in a car sits is it's kind of when a car dies and it's a lot like people you know you always got to keep moving when you when you stay stationary that's when things start to go wrong <laughs>
0: you, you know it's a great correlation but it's absolutely true yeah you, you just got to keep moving get up and move I had Adam Carolla another car guy uh, on this show a couple years ago and he said the same thing because he's always doing so many different things he goes you know what Mark I just get up super early and I start moving my legs and I don't stop until I'm exhausted at the end of the day And then I just do it over over and over and over again. That's how you get things done. So, yeah, get out and drive your car. Enjoy your car. Uh, How about a resource? I'm guessing I know what you're going to talk about here because (laughs) where you work is a tremendous resource. So let's touch on that. And I would love for you to tap a little bit more into all the different resources that are available at the Peterson because I'm afraid some people may think, oh, it's a museum you go to and that's it. But there's so much more.
1: Absolutely. I mean, one of the biggest uh, resources that we, is relatively recent, uh, was, you know, two years ago, we undertook a project to digitize the entire uh, Peterson Publishing Archive yeah, yeah. Uh, that started in 48. And that's all available to the public right now. Uh, it's over a million, it's 1.2 million images and counting. Wow. But it's you know the the history of the automobile uh from forty eight up until about uh seventy nine right now we're working on putting new newer um items in, but you know that was the you know through the lens of the the journalist and you know Bob Peterson was the largest automotive publishing empire uh during that period, so you've got you know some of the most amazing photography. Uh, now videos that, you know, we're posting today, right. you know, on our website. So if you go to archive.peterson.org, uh, you can kind of you know, browse all those photos. There's kind of baseline metadata in there. And then, you know, we're posting a lot of the archival footage on our YouTube channel that we've digitized as well.
0: It's a fabulous resource that is just never-ending, and it's going to continue to grow. I'll make sure I put links on Michael's show notes page here on the CarJow website. Or you can go to the Peterson, and I'll remind you, it's Peterson, S-E-N, uh, museum, and you'll find all the links there. Uh, Tap into those. They're fascinating, fabulous, uh, wonderful, and we're going to talk about some of the other ways people can tap into what you're doing in a minute. But how about a book? Uh, is there a book that perhaps you've read that you think our listeners should crack open and learn from?
1: You know, uh, last time I think I gave a uh, business book, but, you know, one of the books that uh, is one of my favorite books, and I actually just had it, you know, with with everything that's going on, I had a chance to read it again, but was uh, The Razor's Edge, ah. uh, which is more of a spiritual book, but it's it's a really good read. It's uh, It's, you know, kind of and this time when you think about meditation and you know how people interact with each other it's a, it's a good book to read
0: yeah absolutely and i'll remind our listeners that i've got a section in the carja yeah website where you can go it's called guest recommended books where the razor's edge and there's i think there's over 1600 books there listed right now. It's it's uh, oh, wow. quite a growing library for sure that people should go and tap into. And I made it really easy for everybody to find the books because there's links there to all those books, which I think is absolutely wonderful. Razor's Edge, that was um, Ma- Magum? William Magum? Yeah. I think yeah. That? yeah.
1: That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. I'm terrible with names, but I I know the name <laughs> of the book.
0: But we all know the names of cars. Yeah. yeah I can't right. remember <laughs> that guy's name, but he drove a 57 Chevy. I remember that. So, Yeah, absolutely. Well, check that out on the Cars.io website under the resources tab. All right, Michael, we're up to the checkered flag here. And I've got uh, this question that you've been asked before. I call it a real doozy, but I'm going to mix it up a little bit for you. I'm going to buy you any car that exists today in the Peterson Museum. Uh, It'll be yours. You can drive it home, drive it back and forth to the museum. You can do whatever you want with it. But there's a couple rules to this game. You can't sell it to uh, fund your daughter's college education. Uh, And by the way, whatever you're saving for that, Triple it. You're going to need one for sure. (laughs) Just from a a guy who's put two kids through college. Uh, You have to drive it, like I said, um, but it's the only one collector car you can have. So it needs to be a car that ticks all the boxes for you. So looking at all the wonderful choices at the Peterson Museum, and Terry got this question yesterday. I'll tell you what he chose in a moment. I hope you guys don't choose the same car. There's going to be an arm wrestling (laughs) match going on there. Which car at the museum that's parked there today would you like to have?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no question. It's probably the same answer I had last time. But it's uh, Steve McQueen's uh, fifty six XKSS.
0: You can't have that. Terry's already got it. <laughs> so, so I gotta, I gotta push you because you know up. he he yeah. is the boss because you know he he is kind of the executive director there. So, if you had to take a second car, is if it, I had to
1: take a yeah, second car, yeah. I would probably choose our. It has to be a classic. It has to be a classic.
0: Of course. Well, it can be yeah. anything you want. I mean, whatever you want there. I mean, I just want it to be something that you can do all the things that cars are meant to do. I, you know, garage queens aren't much fun. So I want you to be able yeah. to drive it, take it out to the hills, up to Mulholland, out to the coast. But drive it back and forth to work if you want. Something fun, but something that kind of ticks all the boxes for you. Design, which you're a creative guy, an artist, a designer, but also driving pleasure. Because you've driven... A lot of the cars in the museum. So,
1: which one? I would probably say our forty-seven chase Italia. Oh, you know, I like little cars. Yeah. Um and that is a you know that's a little car. Um, it's a beautiful Pininfarina design. You know, ours is a, a Merlot with uh, a Merlot interior. And when you think about you know just a fun car. You know, it is you know, it's sport. It's a sports car. It's I wouldn't say it's quick by today's standards, but it's it's a car that you could probably you know cruise around and have fun. Take up to the mountains, and it is a, a hard top. So you know, even though it, it's sunny most of the time here, you do get the occasional weather. So you know, it's a car that you could drive all year. Yeah. Uh, so I'd probably choose that.
0: Tell us a little bit more about that car. As you know about that car, the the history of the car a bit, and yeah, educate folks on that might not know what this vehicle is.
1: Yeah, chase So it's it's uh, you know it's a Pininfarina design. It was the first car to be featured in a museum, actually. So um, MoMA did an exhibit in '51 on the eight best designed automobiles, mm-hmm. uh, and that car was chosen. It's it's very mid-century. It, it's a minimalistic car. It's got kind of a slab side to it. Uh, There's a really great story of, uh, you know, the ownership in the museum with that car, because one of Bob Peterson's associates um, borrowed the car from him for a little bit of time and he had brought it back, repainted. Oh. And, you know, Bob Peterson was like, hey, he's like, what, what happened to the car? <laughs> you borrowed <You> know? <laughs> my car you painted it? What the heck? And uh, he said, oh, you know, I thought I was doing you a favor. I noticed the paint was a little bit scuffed up. So, oh, I, you know, I gave it. Oh, no. And uh, it turned out that that individual had cast the body of the car to make replicas. Oh, okay. And it, one of those replicas actually ended up on the Bonneville salt flats with, you know, a different powertrain and chassis and everything. But it's a really interesting story. It's actually a story that we're going to tell on uh, one of the videos coming up on our channel. But it's a it's a beautiful car. Uh, they competed in the Mille Miglia, I think, two or three years ago. It was a cover car for the, a Chase Italia, not ours, but a, a Chase Italia uh, was the cover car uh, for the Mille Miglia. So it's got a lot of Pedigree and it's it's just a cute little car.
0: Yeah, can you imagine you borrow a car from somebody and you kind of mess it up and you you repaint it, and thinking that the person's not going to really care? I mean, holy cow! Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't even imagine that. You know, I I had um Henry um from Intermechanica on the show, hmm. and his father started Intermechanica, where they're known for their replica uh, speedsters. And they also do— And they made
1: the Spiders originally.
0: Spiders. They also—his father designed the Italia uh, automobile they did. And the story behind that business is interesting. His father saw a Porsche speedster parked at a used car lot, and he went over, and it was kind of rough. And he said, hey, um, I'm thinking of making replicas of these. If I paint the car and fix up the bodywork for you, could I borrow the car for a month or so? And the guy said, yeah, sure, if you're going to clean it up so I could sell it. And so that's what he did, and that's how that business – that side of their business started because, you know, Mechanico was originally kind of a high-performance builder. They would do uh, yeah. performance parts, yeah, and so forth. So, uh, yeah, Henry – The
1: Italia is still a gorgeous car.
0: Well, and they're commanding some really high prices these days, too. Mm-hmm. I think they've kind of come back on their own. They're they're beautiful. And the whole Intermechanica story is fascinating. You, listeners can find my talk with Henry Reisner on the Cars you Out website. He's become a friend of mine. I've been on some of his tours up in Canada. He's loaned me one of their cars to drive. And they're just a delight. And he's now working on an electric car that mm-hmm. is going to be a commuter car. And they're they're looking at their replica speedsters and uh, convertible d's is all in the future being
1: electric and we have their solo on site
0: oh you do okay yeah Yeah. i had the president of their company on the show well you know all about this Ed. well i'm uh, very very happy to hear that that's cool i I would expect you would michael you seem to have your pulse on your finger on the pulse of everything out there so i think it's fantastic yeah the solo is going to be a very interesting vehicle that they're putting together so yeah. Well, you've made a nice choice. I'm sorry, Terry, you know, kind of swiped the other car out from under I just you. have
1: to run out there faster, you know? Well, <laughs> you,
0: you know, you, when you're younger, you can do that. So you might beat him, but you might not have a job at the end of the day. But if you, end up, right, with, yeah. you end up with that car, you won't have to worry about having a job. So That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's the most expensive car you guys, guys have in that museum. Uh, is that old steam queen car but uh, regardless yeah. you've made a great choice I think you'd look great in that car so I'm glad Thank that you. we found something for you <laughs> now I got to figure out how to sneak it out of the museum that's going to be a challenge right. but we'll see yeah. what we can do I think if I write a big enough check that'll work well listen <laughs> you have been uh, great coming back to visit us here I really enjoyed learning more about what you guys are doing there uh, the pandemic aside uh, the Peterson Museum will live on for a long long time for us automotive enthusiasts and for people around the world to go online and enjoy well let me ask you this first if you could offer us maybe a little piece of wisdom before you drive off in that beautiful car you've chosen what would it be
1: yeah i would just say i mean right now stay inside and stay safe i mean i think this is a a time where we really get to appreciate our family and the relationships we have yes you know, a lot of people are scared. So I would say, you know, nothing, nothing's going to change tomorrow. So, you know, turn the news off, stay inside, uh, and just enjoy the time that you have with the people you love, friends, family. Uh, you know, this is really the time to fortify those relationships.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a great uh, words of wisdom. Take a pause. And you know, in this fast paced world we live in, we rarely get an opportunity. This is a bit of a forced pause. And I know it's painful for a lot of people. But again, I think it's going to help people realize what's really important in their world. And maybe it will allow people to be able to think differently about how they work. Maybe a lot of businesses will trust their employees to work from home so that they have those extra commuting hours into their lives to have with their families, having a two year old like you do. I can only tell you having uh, two grown kids now that time is fleeting, my friend, so
1: oh, yeah, <laughs> enjoy it
0: because it's going to fly by, and one day you're going to be driving your daughter off to college and go, yeah, Mark was right. That time went by really fast. That's frightening. Yeah. yeah. Take a pause, folks. Do a little reset here. I think that's important. Again, let's go through the ways that people can tie into the Peterson Museum and learn a lot more about what you're doing.
1: Yeah, so I mean, first and foremost, um, you know, Peterson.org, and it's it's Peterson with an E, uh, is kind of our our resource hub. So that's where you can find the archive, you can find our videos, you can find our blog, uh, you can find photo galleries on all the vehicles we have in our collection. So that's really the place to go. Our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Peterson Museum, uh, is where all of the tours, uh, archival content, exclusive interviews are being posted right now. So make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. and then you can follow us on social. Instagram is Peterson Museum, and uh, Facebook is also Peterson Museum so forward slash Peterson with an e Museum. Both of those, uh, and those are the, really the best channels to you know stay up to date. Uh, going to the website uh, will allow you to join our subscriber base. You'll join a lot of others who get you know weekly updates from us on everything we're posting, and uh, you know all the content we're posting is is long form. So you know we have videos up there that are over an hour long we have short videos so no matter how much time you have we've got an interesting story for you
0: you really do and again take michael's advice take a little pause for yourself here go to the peterson museum online uh, resource all of these wonderful tours they're giving uh you'll have a wonderful time and when you get a chance and things return to normal make your way to los angeles to visit the peterson museum even a day, it's hard to get through the museum. There's so much to see. Take your time. Enjoy the walk. Uh, those times are coming back, things will improve everybody out there. So uh, relax. Take some time with your family right now uh, and comfort them as well. Thanks for being so generous today, Michael, and for visiting with me again here at Cars. Yeah. I really enjoyed catching up with you. I'm glad you're doing well. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you
1: down the road. Thanks, Mark. It was an absolute pleasure. See ya. Take care. You
0: too. Hey, you want to have a little bit of fun? Go to YouTube, Covercraft Industries YouTube page, and you can see me doing a couple tips and tricks with Covercraft products and car care products, or you can Google Covercraft Mark Green and watch the videos there. Check me out. Kind of fun. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah!